Testing one, two, three, one, two, three, testing. I'm Ben McAdams, and I represent Utah's fourth congressional district. Before I was elected last November, I was the mayor of Salt Lake County. It's my belief that Washington might work better if we thought about governing the country the way mayors approach leading their communities. In this podcast, I'm hoping to show you what being a member of Congress is really like and whether it's possible to run this country the way we run our local governments. Welcome to Washington. In this episode of Washington, Congressman Ben McAdams talks with another member of Utah's congressional delegation, Republican John Curtis, who represents Utah's 3rd Congressional District. So I'm sitting here with Congressman Curtis, uh, who was my neighbor, both my congressional district. We share a boundary. Much of our boundaries are shared. Yeah. Uh, also my neighbor here in the Cannon Building. You're across just the a, across the hall and a couple okay. doors down. And so, um, and I have to say, Congressman Curtis was um, so kind. We're, we belong to different parties. We agree sometimes. We disagree other times. But when I first came to Congress, Congressman Curtis was so kind to see me wandering the halls lost and <laughs> help me to find my directions and, you know, just really to reach out and say, you know, both, it, it was just welcoming to have somebody who was kind and, and generous with um, the orientation process. And so I really appreciate that. And we, our relationship goes back uh, to when you were the mayor of Provo, actually before I ran for office, yeah, but I was in the state Senate right. and got to know you then. And then I was Salt Lake County mayor and we had the opportunity to um, get to know each other and work on some initiatives uh, together. And so um, coming into Congress, it was, you know, I really enjoyed having somebody who I knew and liked, um, actually looked up to a little bit, uh, if, I, if I don't get in trouble from my <laughs> Democratic <laughs> side for saying you're, that. Yeah, I can see the comments right yeah. now coming in. <laughs> Man, you can't like him. Yeah. But, um, you know, and so we, I wanted to sit down and talk a little bit maybe about transitioning from mayor to Congress. And, um, you know, we've both commented that just the mindset that you develop as mayor I think is a valuable mindset to bring into Congress. So I want to get your thoughts on that. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that um, coming from a mayor's role, and especially the role we had is what people refer to as a strong mayor form of government, where you can walk in in the office, see a problem, have the team to, to address it and, and get something done versus coming to Congress where you're one of 435. And, and I'll just give you one example. One of the things that was really frustrating to me was the shutdown. And it had to be frustrating to you, too. And the only tool that you and I have in our toolbox is a vote, right? And if we're not bringing, they're not bringing forward things to vote on, then we're quite, it, it, it just, you just feel like you need to be doing something, then you don't have the tools to do it. And I think for me, that was one of the biggest transitions was moving from that world where you can walk in, you've got a team, get things done, to um, just a vote. Yeah, and, you know, I think there are a lot of tough issues that our country is facing, right? And you and I have talked a little bit about some of those issues. It feels like, I mean, I know you and I could sit down and solve a lot of these problems, um, but you can only vote on what comes forward to you too, right? Yeah. And so that's that can be frustrating. Uh, uh, maybe you'll enjoy this story. I, I like to share it with people. Um, during the shutdown, uh, we were going over to vote. I can't remember what we were voting on, but there were about three Republicans in the elevator, and we were on the first floor, and a Democrat stepped in, door closed. She turned around and looked at us and said, uh, would you guys take less than $5.7 And between the first and second floor, we started negotiating, right? 
And literally, by the time we got to the, from the first floor to the second floor, the four of us had a deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a lot of times, I think as a member of Congress, you feel like, man, if you could just put us in a room where we didn't have the press and, and, and things like that, we could solve a, a lot of these issues um, and, and not worry about the partisanship of it, but really just what's best for Utah and best for the country. And I think part of the, the skill set, I think, whether it's uh, in the DNA of someone who's mayor or maybe it's a learned attribute of a mayor, but you just, you're impatient in a good way. You don't, you know, snow, snowfall and cleaning the roads doesn't have time to wait until the next election to solve it. You can't, you can't shut down city government. People depend on, you know, if a city government shut down, it, would, it wouldn't be more than a few days before the trash is blowing sure. all over the streets and people can't get to work and, and you're going to have riots, you know, if, if you shut down uh, city government. Now, I think the same should go for Congress, where we are responsible for national defense and some really important things. But, you know, I, I agree with you. I come into Congress frustrated. You know, I was sworn in. You, were, you, you came in about a year I've before a I did. Time. Yeah, yeah a long whole time. year longer. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I was sworn in in the middle of a shutdown, and uh, it was really frustrating to me to, to come in and, um, you know, just be in limbo. And I, I think, I'll say I think there was blame on both sides. Um, I think, you know, as you said, you can solve, we could solve this, um, but there's blame on both sides, and, and there's a whole bunch of reasons that, you know, I'm sure college professors could explain to us why it's so broken. It's frustrating to me, but, um, you know, I think there's some hope, too. Um, transportation. You and I have talked about transportation. I have some hope that maybe we can find some bipartisanship on on issues as it relates to transportation. A few issues that we're working on in my committee, and I know in your committee, we've had some successes. You you had a success with um, some legislation that you've gotten done this year yeah. in a Democratic Congress. You've got some legislation done that um, doesn't come without you know no no piece of legislation is going to be universally accepted. But you've got some good legislation done that I think that's good for the state of Utah. I think the reality, um, Mayor, I'm going to call you Mayor, is um, right now the only legislation that is going to make it to the finish line is going to be bipartisan. The, you, you can send a bill forward, and it's kind of a messaging pill, so we can all do that. But really, if you want a bill to get through, you, it, it's not going to get through a Democratic House, a Republican Senate, and a Republican uh, president if it's not bipartisan. There's just no way. And so you've got to you've got if you want a bill truly to be advanced you've got to work across the aisle when when i was in the state senate so i was one of five democrats to 24 republicans in the state senate it's a, it's a minority unlike anything you even see here in congress but you know i used to say you know the senate president would have a barbecue in his backyard and I, and i would go i'd make a point of going because i felt like if I want to get my bill passed, I got to have a relationship with these people. I want to, I want them to know me as a person. I want them to know my wife. I want to know their spouses, and um, I think that's one of the things in my short time here that's maybe missing in Congress. Is you're right, we're not going to get legislation done without bipartisanship, but to have, I think, bipartisan relationships, you've got to have those bipartisan conversations, those bipartisan. Um, relationships. And one of the things that you did earlier this week that I was, uh, I thought was really uh, impressive, you and, and one of your Republican colleagues who's in the hall with us had kind of an open house where you invited other, other people in the hall to come over, just members of Congress. And we sat around and talked for half hour, 45 minutes, um, getting, I, I know you really well, but, and I know some of my Democratic colleagues in the hallway, but getting to know uh, Representative Smucker, who, uh, 
held held this with you. I think that's I think that stuff's important too to just have these relationships and conversations and understanding that you gotta you gotta have bipartisanship, but it's not going to happen if we're talking to each other. Yeah. So I, a couple of funny things. Um, Congressman Smucker offered to do this, and he said, "Hey, I'll provide the alcohol." And <laughs> I said, oh, "Okay, well." Uh, I know Rob Bishop's in the hallway, and I'm in the hallway, and, and, and Congressman McAdams is in the hallway. How about if I bring root beer? <laughs> so uh, what was funny is the root beer was actually far more popular than the alcohol. But the other thing this conversation reminds me of is I've been told, and you probably have been too, that when this tide started to turn a partisanship had a lot to do with when Congress members started going home instead of living here. And when they would live here, their wives would do things on the weekend together, and they'd go to the barbecues together, and their families, their kids would know each other. And I think um, that a lot of people feel like that's kind of what set us on this course. And um, so I found that these congressional trips that will go on from time to time are incredibly valuable because we travel with Republicans and Democrats. And when you travel with somebody, you get to know them on a very different level, and Today, you and I were talking on the floor with uh, Zoe Lofgren, who I traveled uh, on, on a Codell with a few weeks ago, and so I felt really comfortable coming up and talking to you, where otherwise I would have never have, have addressed her and, yeah. and got to know uh, where she is, and she's worked super hard on immigration, and so we had a short, thoughtful conversation that wouldn't have otherwise happened without that relationship. And I think uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I've only been in Congress for three months now. And, um, you know, I, I, I know some of the Republicans I got to know through my orientation. People who you missed that, actually. You, yeah. you came in in a special election. Yeah. So you were kind of one of one right. coming in. Um, I came in with 100 members, Republicans and Democrats. And so that and you participated actually in our orientation a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Um, you had a full-time job already being a representative, but I, you came to some of those things. But it was it was a good opportunity, I felt, to get to know some of my colleagues, Republican and Democrat, in the freshman class. But one of the, my observations over the last few months is that those opportunities existed as we were coming in, but they haven't. I haven't had those opportunities since I've been here. And and um, you know, I haven't traveled. I don't know. I mean, I'm so busy right now trying to get an office up and running and all of that at the same time. Um, that maybe that's in my future, but um, getting to know, you know, I, I think you're right that our spouses, our families aren't here. You're not having those um, just organic, casual, casual yeah. uh, opportunities to get to know your colleagues. And more of that, I think, would be helpful. Absolutely. Um, I, um, I, I like to tell people in my town hall meetings about Henry Cuellar, who's a Democrat. Yeah. He's from Texas. A blue dog Democrat, blue I would dog. add. Yeah, but we traveled together and, and with his wife, and we got to know him. And I found out that his father was a cherry picker in Utah, uh, a legal immigrant coming to pick cherries in Utah, second generation as a congressman from Texas. Um, pretty pretty cool. And knowing that about him certainly helps me work with him. Um, this is a guy, by the way, who's actually like supportive of many of, of what would be traditional uh, Republican issues. Um, but on those he's not, it gives us a, a, a kind of a bridge to communicate and help me understand his perspective in his mind. Um, I remember Dusty Johnson, who new member, yeah. Republican, who went through orientation with me. His parents, he says, are, um, they live in Hurricane, I think. 
He says he's the Alex P. Keaton of the family. His parents are liberal Democrats <laughs> living in Utah, um, and he's the he's the like the black sheep Republican of the family. But you know, there's once you get to know people on a personal level, you realize, yeah. yeah, we have a lot in common. We may we have common values or common goals. We love this country. We want to make this country better, and we may not agree necessarily on how to get there. But once you can agree on those common values, then you start figuring out how to get there. Uh, absolutely, yeah, and I think that's quite frankly, what Utah expects from us. You and I represent different parties, very different positions. Many different people voted for you than voted for me, and, and, and that will continue. But I think as a whole, they expect us to, to be adults, come together and, and find solutions that, that work for Utah. Well, I think that's the mentality of a mayor. Hopefully we can <laughs> find our way. There are 34 mayors in Congress, um, and I think we can um, hopefully get some contagion there and start to spread that lack of patience to we don't have time to wait till the next election to continue to litigate our differences because there's always an election around the corner and um and the sense of pragmatism that we care about getting stuff done good yeah well said thanks mayor curtis yeah we'll see you on the campaign trail all right sounds good I want to thank you for listening to Washington. What I'd really love to hear is from you. To follow this journey, subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the KSL Radio app, and anywhere you find interesting podcasts. To be part of this experiment in making the world's most powerful city responsive to citizens, please email me at tips at loudmouthproject.com. We'd like to thank the village that made this podcast possible. Andrea Smartin, Danny Akana, Allison Heron, Representative John Curtis, and of course, Congressman Ben McAdams. Washington is a production of the Loudmouth Project.